Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right, it's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and the effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Nicole Younger Halpern will join us to discuss quantum steampunk. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world famous question of the week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. show. Well, what do steam engines and particle physics have in common? New branch of science, quantum thermodynamics, might have some of the answers. Joining us today to discuss this issue is Dr. Nicole Junger-Halpern. Dr. Junger-Halpern is a NIST physicist and adjunct assistant professor of physics at IPST at the University of Maryland. She has received a doctorate in physics from Caltech, where her thesis won the International Ilya Prigogin Prize for a thermodynamics dissertation. And she was also an ITAMP postdoctoral fellow at Harvard through summer 2021. She has penned numerous articles, including those for Scientific American. She has penned the new book, Quantum Steampunk, The Physics of Yesterday's Tomorrow. Dr. Halpern, we're very pleased to have you today at Rock Science Show. Thanks so much for having me here. Well, really, I'm curious why you decided to put this book together. It's because I'm really a product of the liberal arts and sciences. So on the one hand, I am a scientist, I'm a physicist. So I think that the research that I'm doing is one of the most exciting things in the world. So on the one hand, I really wanted to share about this science that's at the intersection of quantum physics and information processing. A great deal is happening in these spheres and also thermodynamics, which was developed during the 1800s. On the other hand, the liberal arts and social sciences include the liberal arts and I think that this intersection of fields has the aesthetic of steampunk. So it is um, maybe not unique as a scientific field in having an aesthetic, but perhaps unique. So it shares its sensibility with a genre of literature, art, and film. So steampunk is a genre that brings together Victorian settings. It features, say, some of the old original factories during the Industrial Revolution and men in top hats and women in full skirts, together with futuristic technologies such as time machines, dirigibles, and automata. So steampunk has this wonderful sense of nostalgia reaching to the past, but also excitement and adventure because it involves futuristic technologies. And This field that I work in, quantum thermodynamics, is Victorian because thermodynamics was developed during the Industrial Revolution. Steam engines were driving people to think about the nature of energy and ask how it transforms. So that gave rise to thermodynamics, the study of energy. And thermodynamics is now undergoing a revolution because the technologies that we deal with today are very different from the technologies of the Industrial Revolution. They're quantum, they're small scale. And so we have to put together thermodynamics with seem like futuristic technologies, quantum technologies. So I think it's an incredibly fun field to be in because it has this beautiful aesthetic of steampunk. And I really wanted to share this aesthetic and the story behind it with the world. 
when one thinks about steampunk, you'd have those visions of those big steam engines, the epitome of thermodynamics in a way. So what is the thermodynamics that was discovered in that period and how is it now having to move into our current era? Sure. So people during the 1800s really wanted to know how efficiently engines could pump water out of mines or power factories. So they derived fundamental limitations on how efficiently engines could work. And more broadly, thermodynamics is the science of energy, so the different forms that energy can be in, and the possible transformations amongst different forms of energy. The thermodynamics has a very fundamental flavor. It's is a theory of physics itself, but actually governs many other theories. So it plays an important role in everything from cosmology to biology to quantum physics. And since thermodynamics was developed because of inspiration from steam engines, which are large systems of huge numbers of particles, Avogadro's number of particles, thermodynamics was not developed to deal with the quantum systems that are being manipulated in labs today. The people have great control over systems of even single atoms and molecules or clusters of atoms and molecules and even single particles of light. These quantum systems can behave in ways that are counterintuitive to those of us who just deal with the macroscopic world of desks and chairs and cars and human-scale objects. And so these quantum systems can exhibit behaviors like um, entanglement, which are very strong relationships that quantum particles can share. They can be very highly correlated. Classical particles cannot share such strong correlations. And these strange quantum behaviors can be leveraged to perform thermodynamic tasks better than we can perform some thermodynamic tasks with just everyday systems. And by thermodynamic tasks, I mean tasks like charging batteries and powering engines, so using energy. So quantum thermodynamics, in part, is the exploration of how we can use these strange quantum phenomena to achieve processing of energy that we couldn't achieve with just everyday systems. So we really need to take the laws of thermodynamics and see how they manifest on a, a quantum scale and even extend them farther than anyone could have imagined that we might need to. Uh, point out, thermodynamics is really dealing with bulk properties. And now we're having to get down to the, the level of single entity. How do we bridge that gap? It is definitely a challenge. And certainly there's still some debates in the field. For instance, there are concepts in thermodynamics of work and heat. These are the two types of energy that can be exchanged between systems. Work is ordered, coordinated energy that's being controlled. It can be directly to harness, harness to do something useful like power a car or charge a battery. Heat is random energy of particles jiggling and it's uncontrolled, it's not correlated, and so it can't be directly used to accomplish something useful like power a car. So these descriptions that I just gave are very intuitive, and we develop these intuitions when dealing with classical thermodynamics and really looking at like, batteries that we can hold in our hands and see with our eyes. But when we deal with quantum systems, even these very intuitive ideas of useful work and useless heat come into question because in order to define a concept like work, if we're scientists, we have to specify how we measure it. And usually we will figure out how much work we've performed on a system. We'll measure work by measuring a system's energy and seeing how much the energy changes before and after we perform work. 
But if we measure a quantum system, then we automatically disturb that system a great deal. This is associated with what's called the quantum uncertainty principle. Some people might know this principle in association with the name of Werner Heisenberg, who was one of the founders of quantum theory. So if we measure a quantum system, then we automatically disrupt it. So if we measure a system's energy in order to figure out how much work or heat it has absorbed, then we might automatically change its energy and change how much work or heat it's absorbed. So we have to think very hard about how to adapt thermodynamic concepts to the quantum regime. But one might think that this problem is quite even impossible, and maybe we just can't extend thermodynamics to the quantum regime. But on the contrary, there have been loads of proposals for definitions of quantum heat and work, and multiple proposals of how we can measure quantum heat and work. So it's actually a field very rich with ideas. And in some sense, just like thermodynamics, which is operational, it focuses on agents who are running factories and want to achieve thermodynamic tasks like powering engines, quantum thermodynamics is also operational. So sometimes uh, which definition of quantum work and heat is most useful depends on what sort of system we're holding, how we're able to measure it, and what goal we want to achieve. So it's actually a field that's very rich with ideas for how to extend thermodynamics, which has traditionally been large-scale, to the small. Most challenging is this sort of entropy that's in thermodynamics. And when you get down to the quantum realm and deterministic in a way, isn't it all just disorganized? Or how do you define it at that level? One of the reasons why I was drawn to this intersection of quantum physics and thermodynamics is that the concept of entropy and disorder or uncertainty or what we don't know about a system. Those concepts are very important both in quantum physics and in thermodynamics. In thermodynamics, entropy helps us understand why time flows in only one direction. So in a closed isolated system, the energy of the system just increases. You can imagine how a toddler's room, if you shut a toddler in a room for a few hours, then the disorder of that room will only increase or stay constant. It will never go down. That's roughly what the second law of thermodynamics says, and that's how you know that time is progressing because entropy is growing. And in the quantum regime, there's also uncertainty is very key to the study of quantum physics. I mentioned before the quantum uncertainty principle. It indicates that there's, in a simple example, if we know about a particle's position, the more that we know about a particle's position, the less that we know about its momentum. So there's a limit on how much we can know about quantum systems. Um, It might seem like a liability that there's some fundamental uncertainty in quantum theory, but it can also be seen as an advantage. So the very basic notions of quantum theory are phrased in terms of measures of uncertainty. So it can actually be very natural to put together quantum theory with uh, thermodynamics of entropy because they're actually measures of entropy used very naturally in quantum theory. And people have argued that some of these measures of uncertainty in quantum theory really map onto the entropic quantities that we know from traditional thermodynamics when it's brought down to the small scale. What has been the most surprising thing to you as you're investigating these properties in your research? One question that a lot of people had that I wondered about as well was whether these bounds on how well an engine can operate that were developed during the 1800s, whether those 
also govern quantum systems. One might think that quantum systems, since they obey a totally different set of laws of physics than the large systems studied during the Industrial Revolution, maybe these quantum systems could actually break the bounds on how efficiently engines could perform because those bounds are based on the study of large everyday scale objects. However, as far as we know, those bounds can't be broken even by quantum systems. However, you can sometimes use quantum phenomena to bend around these bounds. So you could, I, I mentioned um, entanglement as a strange quantum phenomenon. This consists of very strong correlations between quantum particles. So you might be able to leverage a quantum behavior like entanglement to do something that at its surface looks like it might be breaking a bound of thermodynamics. For instance, if you have a hot system and a cold system and you put them in touch with each other, then heat will flow spontaneously from the hotter system to the colder system and there will be no net flow in the opposite direction. And so if you saw heat going from a cold system to a hot system, then you would think, oh, either this is breaking this one of the laws of thermodynamics, or there is some resource being pumped into the system the way that we pump electricity into a refrigerator so that it can move heat from a colder system to a hotter system. And it turns out that quantum phenomena such as entanglement can serve as new sorts of resources in thermodynamics. So instead of pumping heat into a system to refrigerate it, we can take advantage of these quantum correlations. So quantum phenomena can, as far as we know, not break the laws of thermodynamics, which in itself is kind of surprising, but offer us ways to bend around the traditional laws of thermodynamics. It opens the door to a whole range of possible applications, I would imagine. What do you envision then as being the outcomes of this? So far, quantum thermodynamics has been primarily foundational. We've been learning a great deal about more detailed versions of the laws of thermodynamics than were developed during the 1800s. And we've been understanding better what separates truly quantum physics from the physics of the everyday. But I do think that up ahead is a great opportunity to try to apply this theory of quantum thermodynamics that we've developed to useful technologies. And I think that that's really where the field is starting to pivot. For instance, I'm working with an experimental group at Schramlers University in Sweden. We are using a model of a quantum refrigerator. So I, I mentioned refrigerators before. This is a quantum refrigerator that's a little bit different than the one that I described before, but it's still very small scale still a quantum system, and we want to use it to benefit quantum computers. Today, we all use uh, what are called classical computers, which are macro scale. They are all around us. We're very used to them. They are of the same scale length mass, you know, roughly speaking, as the other things that we're familiar with that we manipulate every day, like footballs and cars and so on. So these classical computers have been built up quite a bit. And there are even supercomputers that can calculate very, very quickly. But people are developing quantum computers, which operate fundamentally differently. And there are certain types of computational problems that quantum computers can solve much, much more quickly, even than today's supercomputers, and much, much more quickly than any possible classical computer. So quantum computers are being developed, and 
they need to be, in most cases, they need to operate at very low temperatures because quantum systems tend to need to be at low temperatures in order to exhibit quantum behaviors such as entanglement. So in order to operate quantum computers, we need really good refrigerators. And people have devised extremely good refrigerators. So in labs today, there are temperatures that are regularly reached that are even colder than outer space, even lower than the temperature of outer space. And with collaborators in Sweden, I designed a quantum refrigerator that could assist in getting other quantum systems to very low temperatures. And our quantum refrigerator was based on designs developed within quantum thermodynamics. So we would like to use quantum thermodynamics in an application to the technology of quantum computers and other people are thinking in similar directions. So I do hope that quantum thermodynamics will soon, like thermodynamics, be closely tied into uh, technology. In the case of thermodynamics, the theory was very tied to the Industrial Revolution, and hopefully quantum thermodynamics will be very closely tied to what we call the second quantum revolution, the stage at which we are not only developing theory of quantum mechanics that was done during the 1920s and 1930s, that's called the first quantum revolution, and the second quantum revolution now, we're using quantum phenomena for our benefits to do things like solve computational problems on quantum computers. Well, we're running slightly out of time. I'm curious to close if you have any final words regarding your book, Quantum Steampunk, The Physics of Quantum Thermodynamics. Yes, it's a really exciting field. It is really a genre of science fiction that is coming to life at the intersection of the thermodynamics of the Victorian era, quantum physics, and information processing. So I think that different people will get different things out of the book because some people might have science backgrounds, some people might have literary backgrounds, some people might be science fiction fans, but I hope that everybody has fun with the book because this field is incredibly fun to be working with. Well, we were just talking with Dr. Nicole Younger-Halpern. She's the author of the new book, Quantum Steampunk, The Physics of Yesterday's Tomorrow. Dr. Halpern, thank you so much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. Thanks so much for having me here. And that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.grox.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking.